Are you ready? It's that time! Hello and welcome, ladies and germs. Uh, I don't know. I felt old timey today. Deal with it, Josh. You can't tell me what to do. No, but I can't edit the recording afterward. <laughs> That's fair. Welcome to another episode of Man Buns and Jesus. We are continuing on with our look at the Proverbs. I'm Pastor Ben Olschlager here in the great state of Michigan. Excuse me. With me again, as always, is uh, Pastor Josh Laborious in the uh, constantly on fire state of California, which somehow is no longer experiencing drought because of one tropical storm. Oh, no, that was uh, in like January. We had it was probably like two weeks of just rain. Tons of rain, like record setting amounts of rain. So. Apparently, I just bring weird weather with me wherever I go. But uh, I am here in Southern California, and uh, today from here and from Michigan, and I guess in some sense of speaking, from wherever you're listening to this from, we are we're going to be looking at Proverbs ten, and this is this is a little different than some of the previous proverbs that we have looked at, because the other ones have had like some development and a theme and like a a central topic to discuss now whether or not we're good at staying on that central topic is beside the point and uh you can't tell us what to do but proverbs 10 the very first line in proverbs 10 is just the proverbs of solomon and then it just starts a list of good ideas (laughs) and pithy wise sayings about things so we figured, you know what? We're just gonna we're just gonna kind of go through them and uh, say what we think and react to, uh, to that. And um, you know, as you were introducing this, um, the thought crossed my head: uh, wise, but all over the place and lacking development sounds a lot like themes that kind of define this podcast. So yeah. this will be a perfect episode for us. Wait, 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 wait. wait. <laughs> Except for the wise part, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if we're if it's fair for us to claim uh, something like that. But well, point taken. Fair play. Um, so I think how we're going to do this is uh, we'll just we'll just go after it. And the first statement is: a wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Seems fair enough, which yeah. would lead to the statement, don't make your mom sad. Don't be an idiot. Yeah, I think this also kind of, this is maybe me already reading way too much into this. Good. But I feel Good. like in general, people are seeking after the, the approval of their father and don't want to disappoint mom. And if you want to dis- if you're okay with disappointing your mom, how dare you? How dare you? It's like the worst. I mean, it's the only thing worse, maybe, could be disappointing your grandma. And part of that's just because it would just that would be so hard to do. Like I feel like multiple felonies you would have to do to to disappoint your grandma. But, no, she's disappointed after one. She just doesn't let you know until after six. <laughs> after six? Oh, wow. That's a lot of, that's a heck of a grace period. Yeah. Depends on the severity of the felony, too. Um, that is a sentence that was said on a recorded podcast. <laughs> Okay. So just so we're clear, I have zero recorded felonies. Uh, I believe recorded. Josh. Why do you need the qualifier there? I because have zero I'm... felonies and zero actions deserving of a felony charge. How about that? 
Because I'm pretty sure I've committed federal trespassing for going biking on a closed section of interstate. Huh. Was it wise of you to say that on air? I was like nine. Oh, so you know, tried as a tried as a minor. That's what you're going for. I think statute of limitations are probably up. But anyway, if you make good decisions, your parents uh, are going to be happy about that because they're going to turn out for you. And if you make bad decisions, your mom's going to be disappointed in you. So, treasures gained by wickedness do not profit, but righteousness delivers from death. Yeah. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. I don't know. I, I go back on, because like, there are some people, I think you have to look at this in an eternal perspective. Because there are some people who will be wealthy and powerful their entire lives doing the wrong things. And if you're just looking at their life, you're like, oh, wow, that, that wickedness really paid off for them. Um, and then it says righteousness delivers from death. And that kind of, that again points to like more of an eternal scope that we're looking for that's fair but at the same time like the people that have that tendency to seek after ill-gotten gain oftentimes there's something wrong with them or they're never truly at peace with whatever gains they have made oh that's that's fair so like even even those treasures that gained by wickedness like there's still no satisfaction with them. And if there is, it's often because they're just a monster. So. That's not to say that every wealthy person is a monster. Like, there's a difference there. But, like. Right, because people, like, you can earn your wealth in a perfectly righteous manner. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, don't be a jerk to get your money. Earn it honestly. And like that reflects how our faith comes to us in that we don't like there's no shortcut to it. The road to to heaven is a a narrow and uh, often treacherous path. Um, In seminary, we talked all the time about how living life is like driving down a very narrow highway and there's gutters on each side and it's easy to fall into the gutters. Um, that was a Mars thing. Uh, I think. That sounds like a Mars thing. Yeah. Like it's easy to end up with your car in the gutter. Um, it's easy to end up with your fate in a gutter. Yeah. Tread carefully and honestly. And it will benefit you, both in life and in faith. Yeah. Well, and closely related, you have verse 3. It says, the Lord does not let the righteous go hungry, but he thwarts the craving of the wicked. That's kind of more the same. It's God's Because after you kill enough dodo birds, you can't eat anymore. I'm moving on. I'm moving (laughs) I don't need... I'm... Four... A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. If you're lazy and not willing to put the work in, success and wealth are not just going to fall on your... I think this one is, is pretty literal. Um, and, but if you're willing to work hard, like, I, oh, I forget where I heard this. So I don't know if it's a reputable source, but it's something along the lines of, Graduate high school. Don't have a kid before you're married. And maybe it's stay out of jail. And if you accomplish those three things in America, you will be above the poverty line. Like the overwhelming percentage of people who those three things are true are above the poverty line. So even if it's just that fundamental level of work, at least in this country, you will be just fine. 
um, you might not be right wealthy. In, in fact, you probably won't be wealthy if that's the bar, but being lazy is not going to get you anywhere. Also, people with a bad work ethic are a personal pet peeve of mine. Like, do better. I, I can't abide by laziness in a work setting. Once you're off, if you want to just sit on the couch all day, I don't care. Do what you want. But <clears throat> I'm going to stop before I rant. So if you want to jump in, Ben, and keep me from doing so, that would probably be wise. No, I was thinking about how I could further stir the pot. Oh, um. <laughs> whoa. Mm. <laughs> Think Regrettable. carefully whether or not you want to do that, my <laughs> guy. Um, no, I, I don't think I really have anything that I need to add on this one because, like, even the, the, the basic premise of this is just, like, if you're not willing to do your part, you will not take part in the harvest. Like, jumping ahead a little bit, aren't you? Is that the next section? It is the next verse, yes. All right. Well, I do. Hold on. Um, one. Okay. One thing I do want to say on this before we move on. It is possible to come into wealth already and be lazy. Yes. But it's very rare that somebody comes into wealth from less. Well, and I think laziness. The, the, the way this sentence is kind of phrased is important. A slack hand causes poverty. So you might start off, like maybe you were born into a wealthy household, but if, if you're a bum about it, that wealth and prosperity is going to decline. Now, if you started off with a big enough number, like your slack hand isn't going to be able to get it to zero in your lifetime. Maybe that's true. Uh, I feel like most people listen to the podcast. That is not true. <laughs> I, I don't know that we, if we do, why have you not sponsored us yet? Mr. Bought the merch. Listening to our, our podcast. Or bought the merch. We, right. We got fancy shirts just for you. Yeah. They do come in predators and or Vikings colors. So there's that. Uh, but so this next verse that Ben accidentally alluded to, it says, he who gathers in summer is a prudent son, but he who sleeps in harvest is a son who brings shame. So maybe, I mean, could you say this is take advantage of opportunities when they're there? I mean, not even like you can just make this as literal as you want. I, in, but I'm not a farmer, Ben. I have no harvest to take. You don't even need the harvest. When I was an undergrad, I was in fraternity, and we would have. Yeah, like, he was a frat star. Everybody, please judge him in the furthest comments. furthest thing from. It was a music fraternity. Not the <laughs> furthest thing from. You were still in a frat. Whatever. Um, furthest thing from would not be being in a frat. Fair would be so, not being. Anyway, we would have cleanups at our fraternity house two, three, four times a year. And literally all that was required was to show up and do something. There were people who lived in that house who would still manage to sleep through a good chunk of house cleanup. You sound salty about that, Ben. Is there anyone you'd like to throw under the bus today? I am not going to throw any specific people under the bus because I don't remember, but like I was a part of, we had a judiciary committee that was basically like Ben was the executioner. Yeah, not quite. I was the guy who told people that they had to stay sober for the next party. (laughs) 
Anyway, you had a point here, I'm assuming. All I'm saying in all of this is like, this is, this to me strikes a lot of truth because of just practical live experience. I've seen people literally sleep through their obligations. Um, it's entirely possible not to do that. So don't do that. Yeah. Well, and at the risk of getting on a tangent, I don't know if you've seen the video. It was going around for a while of this chick who was, she was, she like recorded herself crying on camera because she went into a job interview and asked if they made accommodations for people who are, I want to say time blind. Essentially, she was like, for people who can't show up to work on time. And the guy that was interviewing, like, kind of like laughed her out of the room and said, no, you show up to work on time. And uh, yeah, we, everyone listening to this, I assume, has one of these devices. There's an app on there that you can't uninstall called the clock. And in that clock app, you can set alarms to wake you up on time. And if you say, I wait, I, I have my alarm set and I'm still at work or at school or whatever late, then you need to set your alarm earlier, obviously. And if you're like, that's too early, I said, mm, caffeine is a thing. Get addicted like everybody else. Come on now. <laughs> Am I wrong? Was any part of what I just said wrong? Gosh, I'd like to... Or should I, I say remember... dependent, not addicted? There we go. I don't remember if um, this actually came up in an episode or not, um, but I remember you recounting to me six months ago, maybe, uh, a bad run-in that you had some, with some pre-workout. <laughs> no, that was a special episode. Was it? Okay. It was. <laughs> oh, it was. Well, now I, I got to go back and look. For anyone who wants to give me give me a very brief second. Give you can look, and while while you're looking, I'm gonna say my piece here. Um, you don't have to get addicted to caffeine. You don't even need to become dependent on caffeine. But you can if you want to. Sure. But it was a hot take from season two. Okay. Called uh pre-workout poop. <laughs> That season, we also had a hot take called Star Wars Day. Why do I let you name these things? Um, uh, because I haven't shared you as an administrator on our accounts. I have the power. Anyway. You have to admit, my descriptions to these podcasts are minimum effort and top tier. Uh. Verse four, a slack hand causes poverty. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. Anyway. Um, <laughs> That's why the, we don't have sponsors. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that I was going to say, though, back to verse five is, um, like, oftentimes if you find yourself asleep in the harvest, that points to something else about your life that is causing you health or dysfunction problems in some other aspect of your life. So like, if you can't get to work on time, um, I mean, I will, I will respectfully say work is not always the most important thing in your life. Right. Most of the time shouldn't be. I mean, so if on occasion to work is because like your your family had an emergency, you're yeah, be late to work. That's yeah, fun. yeah. Or if if you've got an arrangement with your boss where you're allowed to be consistently late because you have to drop the kids off at school in the morning, great. At least they know, right? And your priorities are in the right place. But if you're late to work, you live alone, and the only reason you're late to work is you have a hard time getting up in the morning, like chances are that you're not taking care of yourself well you're not resting you're not forming good habits that lead to um you achieving things 
like showing up to work on time. So to me, this is as much a like you've aired somewhere else in the first place before you're sleeping through the harvest. Yeah. Like, yeah. Verse six. Yeah, verse. I don't. I don't have a whole lot to say on verse six, but it says, "Blessings are on the head of the righteous, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence." It's more of it's more of what we talked about in verse from verse two and three. So unless you have anything, I'm I'm happy jumping to seven. I think this actually goes a very different direction. Um, I think this has more to do with the content of our speech. Like, oh, like a righteous person is going to lift up and bless others, and a wicked person's going to. Okay, that's that's where my I could my see where it could be read that way. Head is going with reading that, um, because I mean, if you speak in in righteous ways and you are a blessing to those that, um. You're a good you influence with, to the people around you. Yeah, you're, that blessing will often be returned. Um, th this was God's covenant with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Like, you will be a blessing to those that you bless. Or, no, those who you bless will be a blessing to you. Um, and I think most world religions have some concept of this idea where what if goes you do, around comes around. Yeah. What goes around comes around. You call it karma. Uh, you can call it whatever the heck you want. There's a reality of if you live by God's law, whether you understand it as such or not, it will be returned to you. And if you don't, if you are in episode one, season one, um aka a jerk uh you get cat feces on your porch that's not what that metaphor was at all but okay <laughs> i suppose we can go with that i mean am i wrong though like no no i don't disagree with you well about this I think the only time that I know of someone who's allowed to be a jerk to others and he's repaid with kindness, it's usually somebody that's gone senile and they're in that like angry stage of their dementia. Like, that's about the only time that I can think of where someone. speaks in wickedness and has responded to in kindness. Well, speaking of, our, our remastered season one, episode one in the month of August had 34 downloads. So that's pretty neat. I think Impressive. in part, that's because I made my class at Concordia Irvine listen to the episode as homework, but. Did any of them listen to episode two? Uh, I don't know. I didn't ask. <laughs> I you have shouldn't. a feeling I wouldn't like it. Well, a lot of them didn't listen to episode one because I gave a quiz on it and I got I got a handful of I don't know. I didn't listen to it. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. At least you were honest with me. I'm not going to improve your grade, but at least you were honest with me. Uh, in any case, verse 7 of Proverbs 10 says, The memory of the righteous is a blessing but the name of the wicked will rot, which I feel like this is a pretty, I mean, if you do good things, especially in how you treat other people, people are going to remember you fondly. Mm -hmm. If you're a bad person, when, when people remember you, they're going to be like, no, I hated that guy. And, and this, you could look at this in the, in the context of like death, but I think even more immediate, like, Think about a job. If you if you do the things you should and someone goes back and they ask your boss or your coworkers, how was this person? They're going to be like, oh, they're great. And nostalgia is going to kick in and they're going to make you sound even greater than you are. But if you suck 
and you're a bad person and you undercut your your coworkers and you lie to your boss and someone comes around and asks they're going to be like this is this is one of the worst people I've ever had to work with like this person sucks no you shouldn't hire them or whatever whatever the conversation is regarding so keep that in mind like people don't when you treat people well or badly they don't forget it especially if you consistently act that way, right? Our, our actions of our past have a significant bearing on our future. And that sounds so obvious, but even as I say it, I'm like, I know so many people who at least they act like that isn't the case. I'm like, oh, well, it's probably going to bite you in the tail. But, you know, Hey, so I'm going to push back on this a little bit in the modern context. Oh, dear. Ben pushing back against me. Whatever shall I do? No, no, no. I'm pushing back against Solomon. Oh, you mean against the word of God Almighty? Yes. Which is what Actually, we believe no. the Bible to be, Benjamin? No. So Tread carefully, thing. good sir. Solomon is entirely right. And there are plenty of cases, even in the modern day, where someone is a jerk and they're remembered as a jerk. But I think to some extent, we have so changed the bar on what is a quote-unquote good person that like we don't actually rationalize who someone is. We hold them up in, in such esteem that we can't even call cat feces cat feces. I would say, well, I don't know if that's true, but I think to earn, call it the label of righteousness, I think, and I guess I don't know, because I haven't personally experienced previous generations. I think it's a lot easier than it probably has been in previous times. Because like, hey, so... Ben and I, we worked uh, for our first two years at the seminary, we worked in tech services together. And our first boss there was Joan. And Joan was awesome. But when I walked in, Joan would ask me to do something. And I would say, yes, ma'am. And she hated it. She hated it so much because it made her feel old. But at the same time, in other conversations, she was like, you're the most respectful, whatever. And I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm not being extra respectful. Where I'm from in Georgia, that is the standard. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. No, ma'am. No, sir. That is how you respond to people. Um, and if that's all it takes for me to be considered incredibly polite and respectful, like, are you kidding me? That is a really, really low bar. But I've experienced that. I mean, I've, I've experienced the same thing in different places with, with work ethic. Because I, the way my parents raised me, they said, if someone is paying you to do a job, you do the job and you do it to the best of your ability. Um, so like I would get compliments on it. I'm like, this is just like, this is the minute I'm not going above and beyond. I'm just do doing the job you told me to do. And I've received praise for it. I'm like, is our bar really this low? That I'm just doing what you have, what you are paying me to do. And I'm being held like, oh, you're so great. So that's what I, I don't know that people don't notice anymore. But I think the bar for noticing is way lower than it used to be. Let's see that people don't notice. I think it's more that people will ignore. Like, especially because. You mean like on the negative side? Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of it has to do with we're so unsettled by death. Like, this is a, this is a personal, like, feeling that I have as, especially like seeing things from a pastoral perspective we like to sanitize death in our culture um and 
it's so difficult to to wrap our heads around it to wrap our heads around the reality of it that like we just want to assume that whoever died regardless of how great or crummy they were in life if it was someone that we knew we don't want to imagine an eternity where they don't receive the gift of paradise yeah and well and lower stakes than that but in the same ballpark i think there's also an element of if i ignore them doing that then that kind of gives me a pass for when i screw up Mm. or and then the alternative is if i call someone out on something what are they going to come back and say well you do this or you act like this or you said Mm -hmm. that so and then you have to deal with your (laughs) you have to face the consequences for your actions which no one wants to do yeah that's fair especially on an internal i mean because if you think about it in the big picture what you were talking about comes into play i think people like to think about the big picture even less than they like to think about it on a uh immediate What's the phrase for calling a thing what it is? Theology of the cross. No, I mean that's yes, but like there's an there's an idiom for like you call a blank a blank. Call a spade a spade. There that's the one. Thank you. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the uh the lesson learned here is that call a spade a spade. If somebody is of low character like you can speak to speak of them in as gracious a way as possible while still speaking to the fact that they have a low character yes put the best construction on things by all means but at some don't ignore that they have a low character yeah 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 you say uh there's that the phrase call a spade a spade but what immediately comes to mind because i'm who i am is call a spade a spade unless you're playing hearts in which case the queen of spades is only kind of a spade or if you're playing euchre then the jack of spades is actually a club sometimes and if you are playing euchre grow up and play pinochle i'll half agree with that i'll take it that's more than i was expecting Um, i love both games so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna rip it Euchre, you can rip through a bunch more games in a lot less time. That's that's yes. the big advantage. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and if you don't know how to play either of those games, get get an app find on your someone phone. to teach you. Yeah. They're tri- they they especially Pinocchio can be tricky. Um, okay, so continuing on, uh, not talking about card games, but the wise <laughs> of heart will receive commandments, but a babbling fool will come to ruin. <laughs> I think we cover we've covered this pretty thoroughly in previous podcasts, right? Yeah. Um, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Right. Well, and I think there's something to if you're if you're walking in integrity and you're always doing what you're supposed to, like you have a lot less to be concerned about. Because you're not trying to keep lies straight. You're not trying to keep things hidden. You're not trying to keep things out of sight. It's just you're doing what you're supposed to do. And (laughs) yeah, there's less you have to worry about, I think. Yeah. And I mean, like, I think about this in terms of like, martyrs of the faith so like one of the the feasts of a martyr that we have on our liturgical calendar in the lutheran church which is a phrase that i was about to say you just use a lot of words that people are like what huh yeah i was i was literally about to say that's a phrase i'm going to need to go back and explain so martyr somebody who dies for the faith yeah liturgical calendar that's the, the calendar that our church has for going through the year and recognizing the important uh, dates uh, and figures in our church history, uh, both 
within Lutheranism and within the broader church itself. Um, and there's a day that we recognize this group of people called the Holy Innocents, which um, we consider martyrs, but in an odd way. They were the three and under boys killed in the land of Judea because Herod was fearful of Jesus. And in a way, we can call them innocent because they were not guilty of the crime that they committed, right? They were not guilty of trying to be a usurper king. They were a three-year or younger-year-old child. Probably from a not super wealthy or powerful family as well. So Yes, exactly. So there, there was never a step that caused them to wander into that territory where they were undermining government officials that God had put in places of power. Herod walks all over the place trying to protect the power that he's been given, and in so doing, kills all these children. Standing before God in eternity, as he brings down judgment, the holy innocents, these little children that were killed for the sake of Christ, they're going to stand before him having done nothing wrong in that regard, and God will see that as righteousness. Like, they were innocent of the crime. That's why we call them the holy innocents. But Herod will have to stand before the same judge, having killed these children, and answer for his crimes. And his wickedness, boy, is it going to be a problem. For him. Right? For him, yeah. So, like, in my head, that's that's where my mind went, was, like, you can scale that down as much as you need to. But if you, if you walk in righteousness or in innocence, when you stand before God, who will ultimately be the judge that we face, you can stand there in confidence and humility, knowing that, like, whatever grief you faced on earth it's not coming from him and those who caused you harm during this time here on earth they're the ones that are going to face retribution for their actions so like some of this may not be entirely earthly or church word temporal but ultimately this is how things will play out in our uh godly and eternal reality that went way deeper than i think josh thought it was going to go yeah i'm still hung up on the fact that we read uh the wise of heart will receive commandments and you're like martyrs yeah yeah uh bold of you to think we're going to be able to get 16 <laughs> behind the curtain i just told josh let's try to get halfway um yeah. uh whoever walks uh in integrity walks securely oh we no we covered that whoever yeah. winks the eye causes trouble and a babbling fool will come to ruin <laughs> i guess don't try to be sneaky maybe we'll get 16 because i don't think we need to discuss that i don't i don't think you should I feel like we don't have to be that worried about winking specifically. I'm I'm pretty sure that that's an idiom for um like underhanded shady business. Uh yes, the underhanded shady shades. Yeah. What is it? 16? No. 10. 10. Uh, winks the eye, gesture connected to evil intent, perhaps as a signal between those involved in sinful schemes. Thanks, Lutheran Study Bible Notes. Checks out. Um, so don't scheme or do yeah. shitty things. 
Yeah. Um, mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, but the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Which is a little bit repetitive. Yeah. Uh, hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all offenses. There's a lot of truth to that. Because, I mean, if you think about the people you love, there's a lot you're willing to forgive. And because, and I think this is because our love is imperfect, right? There is a line that a lot of us would draw. All offenses aren't necessarily included, but I think that's because our love, our grace, our mercy are imperfect. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of comforting because God loves perfectly, so God's love covers all of our offenses. So that's a mm-hmm. cool gospel proclamation. And hatred stirs it. Like, if you hate someone, even if the, and I have examples of this. Like I know there are people in my life that like I I don't know if I would go to far as far to say I hate them, but I definitely don't like them. If they say something that even I I can think of a circumstance where I would disagree with, like I, I'm I'm there's strife there. <laughs> I choose violence that day. Yep. Or the same thing, like if if one of my brothers says something that I don't really agree with, but it's not a big deal, I, I'll kind of just, well, it depends on which brother and how much I want to entertain myself that day. But a lot of times I'll just be like, yeah, whatever. Like whenever Ian talks about the Rings of Power show, I'm like, yeah, I know you hated it, but I enjoyed it. So at least I enjoyed it. <laughs> um, anything to add uh... to verse 12? No, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, it's. True. I really, I'd, I'd really, like, lean into that first half of verse. The hatred stirs up strife. Like, if you go into a, uh, any sort of conversation relationally with, like, man, I don't like this person, but I have, I guess, I have to deal with them. It's going to be a lot harder to deal with them, and it's going to be a lot easier for conflict to to rise up. Yeah. Yeah. You know? All right, 13 says, on the lips of him who has understanding, wisdom is found, which seems kind of obvious. Uh, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. <laughs> oh, man. So, I feel like Solomon and I, Solomon and I could have gotten along okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like if you, especially if you avoid wisdom and you actively strive to remain ignorant, it's going to bite you at some point. I can't tell you when, I can't tell you how, but like actions have consequences, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, ladies and germs, because for whatever reason, that's a phrase that existed at some point. The wise lay up knowledge, but the mouth of a fool brings ruin near. Yeah. I mean, I feel like this is, again, kind of leaning back into some of the stuff we've talked about already. Like, um, if you do things thoughtfully, you do things carefully, you do things well, um, you're kind of banking uh, goodwill, you're banking knowledge, you're banking um like social currency basically that will serve you well in the future where you just run your mouth running the mouth neither of us would know anything about that huh it's not like we've been doing that for the last 45 minutes um 28 last 28 years my guy um the, the rich wise. man's what well, go ahead verse 15 rich oh. man's wealth is in uh his strong city the poverty of the poor is their ruin that's yeah that's a weird this is a weird one yeah well on one hand it's like it feels like an almost kind of duh statement right like if someone is wealthy that wealth is gonna is gonna help them out, and if someone is poor, that's gonna be harder for them. Mm-hmm. But like, it feels it, there's this feeling like in the back of my head of like, there's something more here, and maybe it's 
run with me here, okay? Sure. Tell me if I'm crazy. So if you look at these other things, a rich man's wealth is his wealth just his physical possessions or or is his wealth the wisdom and the diligence that got him there and that is his strong city and then is the poverty of the poor is it their physical poverty or is it the things that happened or the traits they have that led them there that is their ruin so the slack hand that we talked about earlier or the uh or the unwise decisions that Proverbs goes after again and again. Or is it even more symbolic? Is it is that wealth or that poverty necessarily speaking to physical wealth or possessions? Or is that just speaking to like if you are wealthy in friend relationships where you have a large group of friends that you will know that you know will go to bat for you um that is your strong city or you have a wealth of um customers in your business that you know will keep you stable that is your strong city like if you have built wealth in some way shape or form whether it's like physically getting wealthy and rich or if it's just like you've built a wealth in some area of your life you can often fall back on that as your strong city well and that could align well with jesus's parable of build your house on a rock versus building your house on sand mm -hmm. so if you're going to build your strong city on your wealth where should your wealth be mm -hmm. And then you could apply a spiritual lens to it of is your faith, is your um, relationship and knowledge with Christ your strong city or is that your poverty? Yeah. And like even just practically speaking, if you're relationally wealthy, you have that strong group of friends that you know will help you. Um, you know you have somewhere to go when times get hard. If yeah. you build up a wealth of wisdom um, and you're able to sit down and think things through critically, you have somewhere that you can go when times get hard. Ultimately, like, yes, you need to go to God, but he is giving you a wealth in some aspect of your life that will help you through the trials of life. Yes. Um, but if you don't do things well, then you end up poor everywhere. Yeah, don't suck. Yeah. <laughs> and then 16, <laughs> the, wage, the wage of the righteous leads to life, the gain of the wicked is to sin. Um, which I think has been covered a couple of times, which makes sense. Like Solomon was for most of his life, a very faithful person. So it makes sense that righteousness is a repeated concern for him in his book of wisdom. So um, with that takeaway, or we'll, we'll do a, an or on this one of these 16 sayings, which is your favorite piece of wisdom? Or heck, if you want, you can do both. I don't care. I'll do both. Um, I'm going to go with favorite. Uh, on the lips of him who has understanding, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him who lacks sense. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, be patient, be discerning, figure out what's going on. And ultimately, that will help you grow in wisdom, both in terms of life and, and everything else going on. Um, but if you don't take the time to figure things out in life, in family, in faith, whatever the case may be, um, there's a reason that people are using more extreme methods to try to get through to you because this is the only thing that they can see is helping. 
All right. Anyway, that was both my favorite and my takeaway. There you go. So I have, I'm, I'm going to share two favorites because my takeaway is really short. And my okay. takeaway is going to segue well to the to close the podcast, but um, my we'll we'll be the judge of that. Yeah, we'll see. Well, my <laughs> so my favorite based on because I just think it's entertaining is um, oh no, did I lose it? Where uh, whoever winks the eye causes trouble, and a babbling fool will come to ruin. That's just that's a great verse. I'm so glad it's included. Um, but more on a more serious note, I think my favorite is a slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich because the lack of work ethic drives me nuts. And um, my takeaway is don't suck and don't be evil. So you have those things. And if you know someone in your life who sucks or is evil, you can go ahead and send them this podcast and make them listen to it. Or if you have a friend who you want to, in a really roundabout way, insult and tell them that they suck, even though you obviously love your friend, um, send them this podcast. And if you're a friend who received this podcast, you suck. <laughs> That's from your friend. Fill in their name here. Um, but yeah, so share this your podcast. Your friend, Pastor Josh Laborious. Huh? Uh, yeah. Share this podcast. Like it. Um, I think podcasting platforms are rolling out ratings now so if you want to rate us on spotify give us just go ahead and give us a five stars you, you know we earned at least three and a half of them um and surely you can be charitable enough to give us the other one and a half and then uh i think apple Podcasts has it now as well so we those ratings help us out because it'll appear in more people's just like hey you should try this um like to inflate our egos and our self-esteem and share so that other people hear it. We have a Facebook page if you want to reach out to us or you can text us about topics or guests you want. Um, season five is coming in the pipeline. We planned out like a whole bunch of it. So get excited and um, buy our merch. <laughs> Mostly just for kicks and giggles, but uh, yeah, go in peace, serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.